So that we'll get used to that two-step process. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. I'm your host, Andy Grant, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Apio Hunter. Hey, hey. How are you doing today, Apio? I am doing great. Even with our start, false start? Yeah, even with the false start. <laughs> yeah. Doing phenomenal. Yeah. So today's show is a little strange. We, had, uh, we were about a few minutes into it when they realized we weren't actually recording, but now we really are. So welcome to the real show about real men feeling. And if you're new to the program or you, have, you forget week to week what, why we're even tuning in, what this is all about, Real Men Feel is about creating a space for men to allow for, to get in touch with, and to express their emotions. And it's really just a, a long way of saying to feel. And we're not about telling you to feel one way or another, to feel always good, to feel negative. It's just we allow you to feel, which is something that I believe men have been discouraged to do, um, not just through our childhood, but through you know centuries, through history, through ancestries. It, there's a big lineage of, of men not being encouraged to feel all of their emotions. Um, because first and foremost, before we are men, we are human beings. And so that's where we are coming from. So this is usually a 30 to 40 minute conversation. Uh, sometimes we have guests. This week we do not. You can find out more about us and the show at realmenfeel.org. You can capture all the podcasts, all the past histories of the show at realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. And with all that out of the way, um, part of the <laughs> pleasure and joy and purpose of creating the show, and it, it be, boy, I think we went at least five or six episodes before we had a guest. It was just Apio and I talking <laughs> about what came up and what's going on for us. So this is one of those shows. It's, it's kind of a selfish show. Um, so we're being divinely selfish today. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's be selfish. That could be the topic for this show or another one. But we really <laughs> want to talk about um, allowing ourselves as men or as, as human beings, again, to feel sadness, but without going into victimhood and into blame. And, and what brings this up for me, I'll, uh, I'll keep this as short as possible for the pertinent facts. But last month, I was away on vacation, having an awesome time. And while I was away, um, my job was eliminated. So I came back from vacation to discover I didn't have a job. I, you know, I got my two-week notice and like, okay, um, you know, I believe that you know, the universe is on my side and things are lining and it was a job I wanted to leave and do my coaching and energy work and real men feel programs full-time. Um, but I thought I would choose the time, not the company, but that, that's fine. Um, and also during that time, my stepmother, who has been ill for quite a while, entered hospice care. And we actually just heard just this week that she's just uh, down to like three to six weeks to live. Um, during this time also, my dad, um, he's uh, dealing with various cancers and health issues, including dementia. Um, he just this week as well, or rather last week as well, uh, was confirmed that he has, his cancer has returned in three new spots on his body. So I was waiting for all the sadness, the grief, the concern, the fear to kind of like just hit me in the gut. Um, in, in case you aren't familiar with, with my personal story, um, I've dealt with depression and suicide for a long time. I am in fact a survivor of multiple suicide attempts. So whenever I get sad <laughs> or things are happening that, you know, the conditions of my temporary circumstances feel against me, there's always that lingering concern of how low am I going to go? You know, how bad is this going to get? And Last Monday, it finally hit me enough that I could finally, all right, here comes the sadness, here it goes, and I, I cried. And I think I cried for the first time since January of this year, which, you know, for me, that's a long time. <laughs> um, 
but I just cried for like, you know, 45 seconds, a minute perhaps. And like, oh, that was it. There was no big cliff that I was going to fall over. Um, again, I could really, I could tell that I've grown and I can really see these things as, yep, temporary circumstances. Yep, they're, they're, these are sad incidents. They don't mean um, I'm going into a depression. They don't mean, they certainly never mean that like, oh, my only way to change this is to try to kill myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting to watch my dad deal with all of this. Um, he's someone that, that hasn't had the opportunity to grow, or I should take that away. He's had the opportunity to grow, but now he's dealing with dementia as, as well. So he's, he's kind of treating things the way that he did as a younger man, and even that I could see myself as, as kind of a teenager had. So he's, he's really mad that his wife is dying. And she had promised to be with him through this cancer battle. And, you know, we all thought that he was going to die first. Um, my dad is 70 and he had his 65th birthday party because this is going to be my last birthday. I'm going to have a big thing. <laughs> and we did. And we really, people were pretty comfortable with like, he's not going to be around much. Um, but he keeps going. And so he's, a, he's really furious that his wife is dying. He's, he doesn't know how to deal with it. Um, the dementia kicks in. He doesn't really know how bad it is. You know, thinks hospice is there to get her back on her feet and then she'll be up and moving. Right. Um, and, and this week he was so mad that she's dying. He, he refused to speak to her for three days. And like, that's how we used to operate. That's well, I'll show you. And I'm like, you know, give you the cold shoulder for days. Like there, there have been months and months that uh, me and my dad haven't talked to each other when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and that's how we operated. Um, but it's just interesting to see that he's still regressing to that. So, so with all that, so I'm letting myself feel the sadness and feel whatever shows up and, and not going, it's your fault. It's that fault. It's this. It just, it just kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to watch him and to go like, it's your, damn you, Apio, why are you sick? Right. <laughs> just attacking the person who has their own circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Kill the messenger basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so it really is. So it's, uh. Again, it's neat to observe that, mm-hmm. but but I still have enough distance to realize I'm observing that. And like, you know, but uh, you know, even in the midst of all this, he had a car accident, and he almost he um, there was a baby in the backseat of this car that he hit, and uh, you know, he was sobbing for days that you know it was just two inches more, and that baby's injured, and what would I do with myself? And so his license had been taken away. Uh, the police and the courts have taken away his license, but in the same breath, you know, he's like, what do I got to do to get my license back? And I'm like, well, remember how bad you felt? And you're like, he doesn't. Right, yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting you should bring that up because I've been going through something very similar with my mom with regards to her memory issues. Um, increasingly, I've been noticing almost daily how you'll say something to her and a couple of minutes later, it, it's, it's, it just passes through completely. And I have been gaining, I have personally been thinking more and more that it is more dementia than it is Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's, you know, you just don't remember things at all. And typically the short term memory is what first that goes. And then, uh, you know, longer term memories as the disease progresses. Whereas with dementia, you can still comprehend, you can still get grasp things. You can still have, um, memories and and retain recent memories so my mom is actually overall very very good at that but just there she seems to get more and more confused about things and you know there are those concerns and and yes she has reverted to old behaviors as well 
um, <laughs> you know, the, the tears, the drama, the trauma, the drama. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I'll just kill myself. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's never meant it. And for, for you, I know those words have a particularly powerful effect because you have been in that space. You have attempted those multiple suicides. And fortunately for all of us, you've survived and you're here with us. Um, and being an outside observer, as, as you pointed out, being that outside observer has been a, a unique and unusual role for me too. I'm still getting used to it, still getting used to the space where it's like, I'm no longer responsible for her, for her emotions, for how she reacts to things. I am now fully centered in me and yet being able to, I feel like I'm able to support her more now than I ever did when I was tied up into her drama, yeah. which I made my drama. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a great insight. And I know that took me a long time to get mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. that nobody makes you feel anything. Like things happen and you have, your emotions are your responsibility, yeah. right? And, and the, the quicker you can own them and take responsibility for that, the, the more likelihood you have that you can choose to feel a different way about something too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, that's one of the, you know, as, as you know, I've been doing the principles of joy and I've, as I've been channeling and so forth and I've been sharing those principles, um, the, one of the, the, the very first principle is that you're not responsible for anyone, anyone else's happiness, but your own. And uh, recently I've added a little bit more to that to basically say, when you take responsibility for your own happiness, you become not only selfish, but selfless as well in the process. And it, it's amazing to, to watch how when we take responsibility for our emotions, for how we feel, for expressing ourselves in the most joyful way possible, how that opens us up to being detached from everybody else, even for those of us who are sensitive to, to energy and who read energy and who work with energy, we can still remain detached yet while at the same time being fully engaged. Um, that speaking to the whole sadness component and being able to cry, I too have, um, you, uh, you remember how back in February, my dad transitioned and he completed his journey here and he was able to transition back and I never really cried. It was very fascinating for me to be in that space where I was more of an observer than an actual participant. I have been able to feel his essence, feel him being his true self, the very mischievous rascal that he was as a, as a child that he was not able to be as an adult. Um, I've felt him truly rejoicing in his the fullness of, of himself and expressing himself as he's always wanted to express himself. And in my focus on that rejoicing with him, being happy with him, I realized that I never allowed myself to experience some of my own mourning process. So this past week, we were up in Boise attending, um, attending my niece's other wedding reception. And uh, since we were already in Idaho, we took a little detour. And rather than coming straight back to Salt Lake, we actually went across the strait to the other side of the state, to Idaho Falls, where my dad is buried. And we visited his gravesite. That was the first time I actually allowed myself to feel those tears. But like you, it was like two minutes max of being able to, to just 
release those tears yeah. and that was it I was, I was surprised at myself to be honest that i didn't feel greater sadness but i guess because both of us have our in our journeys in our journeys of growth as we've learned more about ourselves and as we have served others in that capacity we have found ourselves being able to be stronger in our own challenges that we're faced with yeah yeah i often tell people that you know, all emotions serve us. And if you're, when you're in the space that you can feel whatever emotion shows up in that moment, it, it passes quickly and easily and it's not forever. And, you know, I find when I had the years of stuffing emotions and not, not feeling anything and, and numbing myself with, with alcohol or drugs or any sort of distractions to not feel my own pain that I had been in, you know, those are times when I started crying. Yeah, I could ball for hours, days, weekends, because there was so much pent up. And now I'm at the point, like, so my sadness of any given moment is truly the sadness of that moment only. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, fourth principle of joy. <laughs> it's so funny. Every emotion you feel is an expression of the totality of your experience and your existence. So when you allow them to flow, you always go right back to that center of joy again. And you're so right. It is in this moment. Yes, because even my dad just, you know, talked about, do I even want to live anymore? And, you know... Um, and I don't think I could be around that and not be triggered if I, you know, hadn't gotten all of, uh, you know, my carriage of that emotion, like, out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, not to mention the fact that you have tremendous support in your wife, Lori, and, you know, you have other friends who, who have come into your circles over the years that are able to hold that space for you and really be able to, to support you in that way. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's part of um, another beautiful part of our journey as men, especially feeling men, that we're able to bring in, and I, I'm choosing not to use the word attract or manifest because that's, <laughs> it's been overused. So we're able to bring in the support that is that we desire and that we need in that particular stage of our journey. Yeah, yeah my dad shared how, uh, my dad's been sober for 35 years and is a big AA member and has sponsored you know, dozens, maybe hundreds of people over his time and has, has led meetings and gone to prisons and helped a lot of people and shared a lot of things. Um, but he said, you know, I can't go to a meeting and say, my wife's dying. I'll, I'll lose it. I'll be balling. And I'm like, it just, it, like, really? Like, you're 70. You've done all this work. You go to these meetings. They, they support you. And you're afraid to show how you feel. And it just like, dumb. Yeah. And I just, then, and that's when I forget when I'm having a conversation because you know, he can seem fine. You land, you talk to him, you have a conversation and you just forget. Especially as a, I, don't, I think any, any child wants their parents to be fine. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to forget he has dementia. Any chance he presents himself clearly and go, oh, good, that's gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's, that's an interesting thing about dementia as I've observing, as I've observed it progressing in my mom. And if certainly, I mean, she hasn't been formally diagnosed with it or but based off of what I know of it, what I have observed in others, that's what I see is, is, is setting in and, and progressing. And like you, I sometimes find gratitude, lots of gratitude when, <laughs> when that sets in. And yet at the same time, it can also help them forget what's going on in the moment. They sometimes will revert back to those, those um, old behavior patterns because that's what's familiar to them. 
um, to the point where, for instance, when my mom, when she is very, very scared, every time I've, I've been in the hospital with her and she's in a very scared state, she reverts to Portuguese. She completely forgets that she, she's spoken English longer than she's spoken Portuguese, but because that's what she grew up with, she just re- reverts. And so sometimes people are like, uh, what she's saying? And if I'm present, I'm able to tell them and I'm able to, to, to translate. Um, but, but yeah, I find that the earlier that we can create those habits of living in the now, of being aware of our emotions, being fully tied into them and allowing them to flow, the better when we reach those stages in our lives that we're able to accept them and not be afraid of them. Yeah, um, it's funny, talking of gratitude, um, something happened with my dad while we we're sitting in his doctor's office in the waiting room for his, to see his oncologist. And, and he knew, he knew he was going to call in for another appointment. So he knew to expect like bad news for his, yeah. for his health. But um, I have a tattoo that says grateful on my left wrist. Yeah. And it, it's, it's seven years old. It was the first tattoo I got. And he, he noticed it and he said, you know, I know I've asked you before, but what does that say? And I said, it says grateful. And he, like, in this loud, dad embarrassing voice, like, Jesus Christ, what a faker you are. And I, <laughs> I, I, I read your article about yeah, it. I just want, I, I, yeah, I, want, I wanted to walk out and just, like, have every fight of a 13-year-old with this old man. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, I, I just had to turn away and, and breathe. And, you know, I, I, it was the blog post. I, I said, you know, fuck you. I love you. I love you. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and stayed there. But, uh, yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. his notion of a joke. Like he thought, he thought he was like, you know, passing time and like, you know, busting balls and having sarcastic jokes. And, yeah. but he does, yeah. he said his jokes and his seriousness are said with the exact same facial expression. So you yeah. have no idea. No. I know. It's a, you know, it, it's funny how there are people in our lives and it seems like everybody has at least one person in their life that they're, they're serious all the time. But when they say something funny, you, you're not exactly sure how you're going to react or how you're supposed to react. Yeah, like, especially with uh, dementia. Yeah. Are you making a joke or have you forgotten how the doorbell works? Like, I, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so as, as I am getting ready to move on to the next stage of my life and, you know, transitioning, some people know the story, some people have not, but a couple of years ago, my, when we were downsizing, my mom invited us to come and, and live with her, which we'd basically been renting space from her, uh, living as much as we possibly can as you know, tenants in her home, um, which has presented its challenges because she still sees me, both me and my husband, as being her children. Which can be, we were doing this, you know, so that she could benefit financially, so we could be present to help her out with certain things, but it has just created a huge, huge, huge um, drama for for everybody involved. So we decided, you know what, we really do need to have our space. As much as we were, it was all well-intentioned to be there, to help her out, to rent the space from her and everything else, it just has not worked out the way that we we had anticipated in some ways. In other ways, it's been great because all of the boundaries that needed to be drawn, I was able to draw in that relationship. I bring this up because now that we are moving into our new space, 
Um, I am somewhat concerned because I have observed daily the progression of the dementia, the confusion, how she gets really confused very easily, very uptight very easily. And yet I also know that she's okay because she is so feisty, so determined to just keep going on that whatever sadness I feel about stepping away, I also know that she's okay because she is surrounded by people who do care about her as challenging as she can be. She, there, are, there are people who care about her. I am quote nearby. Um, I can always come if there's, if there's a real emergency. Um, so, so, and it, it also creates more space for us to be able to have a better relationship. So, so I'm concerned, I'm sad, and yet at the same time, I'm able to be detached and realize that again, I'm not responsible for her feelings of emotional wellness. I'm not responsible for her happiness. And in the process of me doing this work for myself and with others, I've been able to little by little help her come along and reach a point where I feel like, yes, she, ha she is in that space now where she is much more aware of taking responsibility for herself and that it is no longer necessary to expect everybody else to behave in a particular way so that she can feel better. And she's retaining it in spite of the dementia. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're almost in a, we were considering a, almost the flip of, of your situation. Um, there's already permanent around the clock care at my dad's house. Mm -hmm. um, and, but when my stepmother passes finally, you know, Lori and I were talking about, well, does it make sense that we move into that house? You know, does it make sense that we pay people to live there as opposed to us live there? And, and yeah. I think I raised it like two weeks ago and just every, like my stepmom's like, you don't want to do that. I didn't like raise the possibility with my dad yet, but uh, Jen, uh, just had the, you know, if, uh, yeah, I don't think I could live to his jokes, but again, I, if, to, to be in my grounded and allow the sadness of the situation and, and live with a victim who is going to be like, blaming and, and again, he's probably, maybe it's because the last thing he control is like a fight. Yeah. So he'll, yeah. Make, yeah. he'll make a drama about a lot of things. I'm like, yeah, all right. And you know, that creates a whole new other set of questions that you start asking yourself. Okay. You know, they're total strangers are going to be more willing to, or less willing, I should say, to put up with the crap, but then you start asking your questions because you hear all the stories of CNAs that abuse their patients and so forth. And you know, you get paranoid. You're thinking, okay, if we get somebody who's a home health aide to come and, and help your dad and everything else, is this person going to be able to handle your dad's outbursts? Yeah. yeah. I have the same concerns for myself. It's like, will we, you know, we, I know that eventually either a, my, um, my brother has an open invitation to my mom to go stay with her. They have a little in-law in suite for her where she can stay. Um, she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to go to an entirely new state, learn for learn, and not be able to drive or have her independence or anything like that. I can understand that. I absolutely appreciate it. And yet I also have the concern of do if we decide to go ahead and hire a home health aide, 
to help her with the cleaning and other things, will that person be able to handle her, handle her extreme pickiness? You know, her paranoia about her plants. One time I, when I was having an argument with her about, you know, I, I happened, my, my shoulder happened to brush against one of her plants. She's like, be careful with the plants. I'm like, mama, these things have been outside. They've been blown by the wind. Trust me, my shoulder brushing against it isn't going to be a big deal. Then she started into her whole, her whole thing about the plants and everything else. They're the only thing that she has. Um, and I just said, you know, every neighborhood has a crazy cat lady. Ours has a crazy plant lady. <laughs> And so those little things are what I'm concerned about. Will the age be able to handle? Is there, is there somebody going to just going to resign in frustration or worst case scenario, will they take it out on her physically? Yeah. I don't know. And I choose not to go down that path, but it, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you know, you, the, the more you worry about it, the more you, it's likely to happen. And, and it's also, it's, Lord, do you have a question? She does. Okay, let's right. go ahead and unmute her. Great. Hey. So it's not really a question. It's when you are looking for AIDS, look for a company that specializes with dementia patients. Then they hire people who are trained to handle the craziness, the outbursts, the unknown. You don't want just a home health aide. You want a specialist in dementia. And they exist everywhere. There are companies that specialize because we've been looking into it. So there are companies that specialize in dementia patients at home. So it's, it's a whole different ballgame so that they can be at home until they can't be. That's wonderful to know. That's so, absolutely wonderful to know. Yeah. So there's, there's very different agencies out there. That, Thank you for that. Some, some will do home health and some will do, some specify in, in dementia treatment. <sighs> and it, it's hugely different because they, they have just a different training. Like they can do all the cleaning, but they also are very prepped in how to de-escalate, you know, the sundowning and all that. So they're really trained differently than just a regular home health aide. That's wonderful to know. And, and that was a question that I had in the back of my mind. That relieves some of the pressure. I've learned more in the last three months than I ever thought I would ever need to know about dementia treatment, healing, and, yeah. and yeah. healthy. You learn a lot when you're faced with that situation, when you have to. You know, right. Yeah. And it's nice if you have people to bounce it off of so that it's not just your imagination when you go, oh, my God, is she insane or what? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my favorite line now. I just come <laughs> home and say to Andy, he's insane. And <laughs> the, 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 official, the official diagnosis is crazy. Yes. <laughs> And not with meanness, but you do sort of have to remind yourself of that. So, you know, mm -hmm. when you're feeling everything, because everything will come up, all your, you know, your own triggers about everything are going to come up. And especially if it's your parent, like, so I'm helping Andy take care of his, you know, I, I've stepped in as the caregiver. And it's a lot easier for me because I do not have a lifetime of baggage with my, with his father. I have the last 20 years, but not, <laughs> yeah. my not a lifetime, yeah. a smaller yeah. bag. It makes a big difference because things that he says to me aren't triggering me from the very core of my being when I was five and he said such and such. Right. So it's, it's very different. So it's, it's really, it really is important to bring other people in oh, yeah. so that yeah. 
because they're trained in it and, and it will help you even if it's not all the time, but like a couple of days a week. Like, you know what? We're going to have somebody at the house three, you know, they're going to go shopping with you. Let, you know, a few hours a week, just like, just to, so ease her into the care instead of like what we had to do was like, we went from no care to 24 hours a day within like less than a week. It was like no care to, oh my God, we have, we have it constantly. Right. And, and, and he didn't want it and he fought it and resisted it and now is are, you know, used to it. But the, so the good thing about dementia, you, you forget what you were fighting against. <laughs> like, oh, I've always lived with all these people, I guess. Right, yeah. So, so there, there are positive aspects to everything. Yeah. Sure. And, and it helps, to, I mean, for any situation, but especially if, you can, if, you, if you're around people that are strong enough um, to go through it with some humor too. Um, you know, you're not making, you're not picking on someone that's going through dementia, but you got to bring some levity to it. Yeah. Oh, humor is huge. Hum I, that's, that's how I've dealt with everything in my life. I've always found something to laugh at, something to, to just really make light of the situation. Sometimes people get offended by it, but that's how I deal with it. Yeah. It's how right. I process. Yeah. yeah. And them getting offended is their stuff. Like exactly. Yeah, you didn't offend them. They chose to feel offended by it. Right, exactly. It's like, okay, I don't know, I don't know your history or yeah. your triggers or whatever, but apparently they're they're being set off. So okay, you know, it, it's okay. You know, and that's that's one of the things, that, the key lessons that I have certainly learned, and that is my my five magical words. You know what? It's okay. Those five words are for the English purists six because it's is a contraction. Um, those they have been they have helped me so much not only applied to other people and it's okay that she they don't know that mom was you no know, creating her you know st you know starring in another latin novella um it's okay that uh but i i turn it more on myself more than anything else it's okay that i feel frustrated it's okay that i feel angry it's okay that i've had my explosion and i've let it all out i'm I feel embarrassed about it, but that's okay too. Whatever emotions I'm feeling, it's okay. Let them flow. Let them go. Keep them moving. Yeah, they all lead to the next one, and they all assist you. Absolutely, yeah. they all assist you. And you know, when we learn to be okay with it, and we learn to to stop labeling and stop judging ourselves, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The journey that's been for both of us, right? Oh yeah, you got to ease up on the judgment big time. Mm. Um, especially when you're dealing with someone who's judging, <laughs> you know, judge, <laughs> letting go of judgment when you're in interaction with a judgmental person is like even. <laughs> and that's the whole cultural thing that we faced with as well, especially as men, we are faced with always judging the fact, you know, yes, women have their own sets of judgments that they have, but men are harshly judgmental. Well, I think it's just a human, it's part of the human experience, to be honest. Men judge ourselves and we judge other men in different ways. But ultimately, the result is the same. It is we become we become emotional infants. We don't know how to process. We and so we process in sometimes very self-destructive ways. Addictions of all sorts. Um, treat. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it. Donald Trump. Others. Uh, <laughs> well, whatever. Um, there just are so many ways that those symptoms of our emotional I 
our inability to to be comfortable with our emotions. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the dying of them, the stuffing of them. However, and I'm sure there's all there's all different tactics not to feel your emotions. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, and and that's always been for me. I've always been the opposite. I've always felt them. I've always allowed myself. And so, so yeah, I've had to deal with a very harsh judgment, and you know the labels and everything else. And okay, yeah. So sometimes I fit into some of the stereotypes, but other times I don't. But again, it's it's being okay with with yourself and not caring about what others feel. Going back to that first principle of joy. You know, when you go around telling everybody, I need you to behave this way so I can feel better, that's being selfish. But when you tell others, no, I, I don't care what you, how you want me to behave. I'm going to be this way for me. Yeah. yeah. Emotions serve us. And no emotions can serve you more than your own emotions. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they come up to be felt, to, to hear, to process, to get things out of you. So, again, so that, like back to, you know, what, what kicked this off is just allow like give yourself permission to feel sad if that's what's bubbling up in your life yeah and it's it's not someone did that to you and you know screw that company for mission Mihars and i hate my boss and oh my family's horrible it's all their fault and i'm this way and just no just all right i'm this way how do i feel right now exactly and 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 be okay with it you know and the reason why i always go back to being okay with something versus accepting it because in again in our society our we've been conditioned to think that acceptance means capitulation means giving in so i prefer not to use that word i prefer to use the term be okay with something because that creates options right space that that allows you so much more and gives you permission at this yeah right we, we we can't change anything about ourselves about our life our experience if we're still resisting what it is yeah 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 so yeah allow recognize say yep it is what it is and here's what I want. So I'm going to do something different to get there. <laughs> exactly. It's not all good. And, you know, and some of it really sucks big time. You know, there are times instead of saying celebrate the contrast, we want to say just fuck the contrast. And then, again, it's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to just. Yeah. Anyway, it's like that. It's never, you know, it, it's not. I don't want to say it. Well, in my experience, I've never had a lifetime long of contrast. It does come and go. I deal with it. Okay. What am I it doing? It comes and it goes. It, yeah. it, it, you know, it's the flow. It, and what's, what's fascinating is that we will always experience the same emotions again, but in infinitely different ways. Yeah. yeah. That's the fun part. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it looks like we're coming up on our hard stop here. I have women yep. I need to be to here soon. Awesome. Um, so thanks for this conversation with us. Thanks, Lori, for chiming in and sharing your tip. Absolutely. That was, that was wonderful. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure that there are others who might be follow, following the, the recording who will find that useful as well. Yep, yep. So we are, we're live again next week, August 30th. We will have our guest, a uh, return guest, that guy who loves the universe, Sean Patrick, will, uh, will join us again. Um, the first time he was on, it was all about... Uh, New Age bullshit. New Age bullshit. So we'll move on to that and uh, talk about some non, non-bullshit topics. Of, right. I think of, we're going to be talking uh, about his new book. Yeah. Yeah. No um, set of books since he was on. Yeah. And, and no, don't, don't kill his vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's we'll talk app, about that right? right. He's, he's got a yeah, he's got some app or something. Merchandise that came along with it. My yeah. favorite one is the mug says, bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> I <I've> see that. <laughs> You can tell Sean is a character, and he really is, and he just says it as he, as he sees it and as he feels it, and that's what makes him so great. 
Awesome. Awesome. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk with you soon again and learn more about the show, past shows, future shows, all at realmenfeel.org. Have a great week, everyone. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs>